Sego, Sewaguego. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory. Our podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services with the technical assistance of Humble Man Recording. My name is Lisa Venever from the Mohawk Nation and the Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name program and the host of this podcast. Welcome to the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word Donate, located at the top of the homepage of our newly updated website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services, Toronto, Canada. This is the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. Today's guest has joined us by telephone. Welcome to Season 3 of our Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast. There are 10 episodes in this podcast. This is Episode 2. Today we'll be talking with Elion Hyayas Hearn. Elion Hyayas is from Akwesasne, and um, he's an Indigenous knowledge um, person in Akwesasne, and does a lot of... um, I've been been in attendance on some of his Zooms he's done on on the computer, and they've been really great teachings, and I've learned a lot from him in the last, I would say, several months now. Um, so, Sego Ayonhayas. Hey, Sego Skanago. Oh, um, Skana, Nognize. Ah, Yogonyohake. Okay. Um, so, today we're going to talk about lacrosse. And that's our topic today. And we're going to focus in on the spirituality of lacrosse. So mm-hmm. um, how about we start, can we start with um, the story, the story of the first game of lacrosse? Um, yeah, so in my research, in my learning, um, I had asked that question a lot because I grew up in a longhouse and I grew up with, uh, you know, quite a bit of the teachings, but, um, for me, there was a lot of parts missing, like as far as the stories and, uh, you know, kind of like the explanation of things is concerned. So I had asked that question about lacrosse, um, because I had heard that my whole life too, is, you know, that that's our game and it's, it's a medicine game and all these kind of things. So I know there's a lot of stories and the one that I always start with actually goes back to, you know, in, in our creation story, even before the earth was brought or, um, or, you know, the earth was created. They say that even in the sky world, there was a story about um, a couple of beings who one who was one who was the um, the sky woman and one who was the sky chief. And during during the tellings of the story, the sky chief 
is really disturbed by some of his dreams that he had. And through these dreams, or some would say maybe prophecies, um, he's not able to do his duties anymore. He's not able to conduct his responsibilities to his family anymore. And so from that, and being married to the sky woman, who is, her name is Yujijizu, the mature flower, um, she she requested and she arranged to have a lacrosse game. And the lacrosse game, she said, is something that's going to help to lift his spirits. It's something that's going to help to to lift his mind and, and to bring him happiness again. And to maybe help him with this, you know, with this problem that he's having with his dreams. So that was really the first time that I had seen, you know, in our stories that it talks about lacrosse. And so even going back to, in our way, like believing that there was an earth um, and starting way on into the sky world, um, they already had lacrosse. And that's how, I guess to me, like in my life, that's how important it became. Is that this this existed before even human beings existed, and that's how special this game is. So then, thinking about you know, kind of later on in our stories and later on in our in our oral history, um, there also came a time when they talk about um, there was a battle between these two the two brothers, and they say that the creator whose name was Tolhuago and his brother Savisco. Um, they they got into a big argument and they started to clash with one another and started to um, try to try to see who had more power, who's going to take over the world. Now, during that time, it's and because there's so many versions of our creation, uh, one of the ones that I had heard was that instead of fighting these two brothers or these twins um, to gain control of the world, one thing they did was they played lacrosse game. And and that was kind of a part of like the battle that they had amongst each other. Now, like I said, that's only one version I had heard um, of creation, and and it kind of explains like I guess talking about the balance between dark and light, and the balance between life and death. Um, and in that lacrosse game, it's kind of the same way. It's not really about which team is better or who scores more goals. It's more about bringing balance back to the world, and it's not like it's about somebody's goals or somebody's points. It's really about the, you know, everybody who's in attendance and everybody who's there creating this big energy and this big medicine. So, um, so that's kind of like the, the second time I heard of lacrosse in our stories. And then there was another story I had found, which is a pretty common story. If you're talking in terms of lacrosse and they say, um, way at the beginning of time, there was a challenge um, that was presented to, to the animals or to the creatures of the world. And they say there was two sides and there was this great ball game or some say this great lacrosse game that was going to take place. And these two sides of this game, it, it was the winged birds, the winged birds or the win, winged animals um, against the four-legged animals. And so in this game, um, they says that there was team captains and on the side of the four-legged animals, you had the great bear, Ohkwari, who who was known for his great strength, and he always used his great strength in the game, um, you know, to overpower his opponents. You had the Oskenundo, or the deer, who's well-known for his speed and his agility. And then you also had the turtle, um, which is Atnola, uh, who, who could endure, who could endure great blows, and he had enormous strength also. And he always kept moving forward no matter, you know, who tried to stop him. 
And then on the side of the on the side of the winged animals, so those are the three captains for the four-legged animals. And the three captains for the winged animals was the um, the owl. The owl was known for his great vision and his great sight and being and being so swift. And also that he didn't make much noise when he when he would fly, so it was very hard to detect where he was going to go. And then on the and then the other two captains was the hawk, who was also known for his key eyesight and his um, quick abilities to be very swift and very fast. And also the eagle, who could fly very high and had great power, great strength, and also great eyesight. So with these captains, they says they were preparing to play this game. Uh, against each other, so the four-legged animals and the winged animals. And it says just as the game was about to start, there was these two, um, these two small squirrels that climbed up a tree to where the winged animals were sitting. And these two small squirrels asked these winged birds, uh, the captains of of this team. They had asked them. They says, "Are we able to join your side and play in this this great lacrosse game?" So the winged birds, they kind of looked at these two animals and they said, well, why don't you go down to the four-legged team? Because that is where you belong. You know, you belong with them because you have four legs and you have no wings. And so these two little squirrels, they says, well, we asked we asked to be on the team of the four-legged animals, but they refused. They told us we are too small and they told us that um, we could not benefit them because we are so small in our size. So the four, the winged animals, or the winged birds, um, they they took pity on these two squirrels, and they says, okay, well, we're gonna allow you to join us, but we have to give you wings, because only the winged animals can can play with us. So the first squirrel, he says, okay, what what do you have in mind? So all of the winged birds were contemplating and talking to each other, until finally they came up with an idea, and they says. Why don't we take the leather from the great drum? And because it is so stretched out, we can use that leather and create wings for these for these two small animals. So all the winged birds were in agreement. So they took that leather and they stretched it out and they gave it to the first animal, the first squirrel. And they says, there, now you have wings. And they says, that became a bat. And so that bat could, could fly very swift and it could... Um, it could dodge very quickly and, and move into places that, that most animals and even most birds couldn't get into. So that was the first squirrel. And then the second squirrel, they says they had a problem because they says we used all the leather on the bat, on creating this bat. So what are we going to do now for this, for this other squirrel in order for him to join in our game? So then a couple of the birds says, well, why don't we try and stretch his skin? Well, stretch his skin, and that way, maybe it'll stretch enough where he'll he'll have wings. So, those winged birds agreed, and two of them used their very strong bill, and they grabbed the sides of his skin, or the, his sides, and they started to stretch and pull on his skin and his fur, until it looked as if, um, you know, the squirrel all of a sudden had wings. And they says that he became the flying squirrel. So now... These two squirrels were prepared and they were ready to contribute to the success of the of the winged birds. And as this game went on, they said it was very difficult for the four-legged animals to keep up with these um, 
these two small creatures because the bat was so swift. They says anytime the ball would get close to the ground, the bat would fly over and catch it very easily. And he would throw it over to the flying squirrel and he would run up a tree and then he would throw that ball back down. And they were very, very difficult to catch because of how swift they were and also how small they were. So eventually, they says the flying squirrel, he took that ball and he threw it to the great, to the bat and the bat caught it just close to the ground and he was able to throw that ball into the net for, for a goal. And he and he scored the the winning point or the the winning goal for the for the winged birds. And so in this story, it teaches us about how no matter who you are, when it comes to a lacrosse game, um, every every person, every player is important in our team when we play lacrosse. And no person has the same skills. No person has all skills. But everyone is valuable to us, no matter how small or how slow or how big or how tiny everybody can contribute to the to the medicine and to the benefit of a team so that's what that story kind of teaches us in there between you know the winged birds and the four-legged animals and it's true when we adopted a more colonized way of playing lacrosse it kind of became only about the best players right we only wanted to choose the best ones um and we became this way that we only wanted the big players or we only wanted fast players Mm-hmm. But that's not really in our teachings that they say everybody is important to the game of lacrosse. Whether you're big or small or young or old, everybody has a skill that they can contribute. So that's kind of what that story teaches us about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as Haudenosaunee people, we have such rich stories. We're lucky, right? Absolutely, we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I was reading just recently about um, a notice and I think it's happening in your community. They're going to be having a medicine game. Is that right? Um, we've had a couple. I'm not sure if they're doing another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've had a couple before, and they did a. Um, actually, had a a traditional lacrosse tournament um, here, and I don't think it. They they finished it, but they they tried to have a a tournament just for the survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that the survivors of residential school. Mm-hmm. So that was the same idea to to lift the spirits of the people. Yeah. So it's possible that they're they're going to try and do another one. What would a traditional medicine game of lacrosse? What would that be like? When we do um, medicine game, and actually, I kind of like to explain this a little better because um, there's been misconception right since contact and since. Uh, you know, European invasion into our communities um, and into our homelands, because they've adapted so much about our game, um, the thing that they tell us when we talk about lacrosse is that the the ball itself creates energy. And it's actually the ball that's the medicine. So whenever somebody is looking to to benefit from the game, they're the ones who provide that ball. Now, when we play lacrosse, um, they tell us that that ball is never supposed to stop moving, and and it's always supposed to be going quickly because it creates energy and that becomes the medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So when the European style of game came, they couldn't keep up with us because we were a very fit, we were a very fast people, and our whole lives was about running and our whole lives was about moving. So when Europeans adopted our game and started to create it into a sport, then the game of lacrosse, now there's a shot clock, right? 
when you mm-hmm. play indoors. And now, even when you watch um, field lacrosse, even professional field lacrosse, I always notice this. The first thing that happens when they get down the field is that they stop and they slow the game down and they play a lot slower paced game. So mm-hmm. I know like in our teachings, it's kind of the opposite of the way that we we're, we were taught to play in our, in, in our culture and our teachings and even as far as medicine game is concerned. So with the medicine game, um, that becomes benefit for the individual. It could be for an individual or it could also be for the community too um, because that all that energy together and the excitement that it creates, even if you go watch an indoor game, um, watching that ball, right, and how fast it can move and watching the players and and how they, um, you know, how they put their put their bodies on the line in order to to win for their for their team, that creates energy too. So that can be medicine. But mm-hmm. for us, it's not even really about the teams because in most cases of of medicine game, we don't even um, we don't even keep track of who which side wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even ask that like who is supposed to win. It doesn't really matter. And the only thing that matters is that we play the game. And we play to the best of our abilities. Now, one thing that I wanted people to understand better is that no matter where we play lacrosse, whether it's in a box or whether it's in a field or whether it's in an actual medicine game, we are always supposed to use a good mind and we are always supposed to play in a good way. So what that means is we are never supposed to be violent and we are never supposed to be you know, hitting anybody with our sticks. And we are never supposed to be fighting and acting up and swearing and all those kind of things in the game. Because even though we play in a box, even though we play for sport, that's still medicine. That's still our medicine for us and our people. And so that's a big thing that I see is missing today from our game of lacrosse and the discipline that that takes, right? So if you're playing lacrosse and and somebody hits you in a, in a bad way, are we going to have that discipline to say, well, I'm just going to let this go and I'm just going to keep playing. Or do we retaliate? Um, do we start fighting? Do we start trying to prove how tough we are? You know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So that's what we kind of see from the game today. And I, I think it's really damaging our game because we no longer have discipline. We no longer have the good mind. And we're supposed to play with that good mind. Mm-hmm. Even in a medicine game, I've seen I've seen guys in a medicine game, you know, have their teeth knocked out. I've seen guys in a medicine game you know, have their hands busted up. And I seen a, somebody from a lacrosse game even be bleeding from his forehead because it gets rough, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not cause. That's not cause for us to retaliate or to hurt anybody or to seek revenge. Mm-hmm. We're only playing for the enjoyment of the people. We're playing for the enjoyment of their creator. Now, like I said, a lot of our people nowadays, because of colonization, we're not taught that anymore. And colonization teaches us an eye for an eye, right? So if somebody hurts you, you got to hurt them back. But that's not really our teachings. We're not playing for ourselves. We're playing for all those people that can't play anymore. And in the instance of, you know, what's happening now with the residential schools, that's who we play for. So we play for those children that never came home. We play for those children that were taken away from us. And we play for all the ones who came home and were traumatized or are now suffering uh, with that pain of what they went through in those schools. So that's what I always keep in mind. And growing up, that's what I always I always kept in mind when I played the game. And mm-hmm. and now, thinking of like when we host medicine games, that's a big teaching that we try to t- talk about. Um, and even when we have little guys play, like kids, because sometimes they'll accidentally get run over. Uh, sometimes they'll actually get, accidentally get hurt. 
it's not intentional, right? And we always encourage them, come on, you got to keep playing no matter what, because this isn't for us. This is for the people. This is for the creator that we play. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I want. I want people to understand because I start to hear that, that people say, oh, I only got to be peaceful. I only got to be a certain way in a medicine game. And if I play a colonial game, then I can act how I want, right? Then mm-hmm. I can kind of I can kind of let loose and I can be more violent and I can be those things. But that's not really true. Mm-hmm. No matter where we play, we're supposed to play our way. We're supposed to play our game. Yeah. But I think we've become so colonized, right? We've become so adapted to that European style of lacrosse that I think that's really hurting us. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of things we can go on about with lacrosse. And mm-hmm. the other thing I wanted to share, too, if that's okay, unless you had other questions. No, share, share. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going on. So yeah, okay. Um, the other thing, the other thing I like to explain too is when we talk about the netting of the stick and even the name. When we say the wa'aladu in the language, um, what I was told is the wa'aladu has to do with ada'ala, and ada'ala is the actual netting of the stick. And so when we talk about the netting of the stick, they say that's actually connected to the web of life. And when we say the web of life, that's actually tied to the spider, the spider web. And so they say that spider web is actually a relative or a messenger of the thunder spirits, the thunder beams. So even the game of lacrosse, or what we call the wa'aladu, is tied to the the medicine of the thunders and the thunder beams too. So it always talks about that in there. When we play that game, it kind of represents that too. the two sides, the two teams, is representative of almost, I don't want to say a battle of the Thunder Beings, but it's the coming together. So when you think of electricity or when you think of um, like a spark, right, or an energy, you have to have two sides in order to get a spark. You have to have a negative and you have to have a positive, just like the batteries in our cars, right? You mm-hmm. have a positive and you have a negative. And when those th- two sides come together, you get a spark or you get an energy or you get a power to it. And that's what they call it. It's an energy or it's a power that's created. So when we play lacrosse, that's exactly what we're doing. Not to say that one team is a negative team, right? Or one team is a positive team. But what it is, is the two sides are coming together in, a, in, in creating energy, creating this, um, this game in order to create an energy, in order to create a healing. So that's really what that's about, too. And it's even tied in with the Thunder Spirits. And they say that every once in a while, um, you can go into the forest and you may find a tree that's been struck by lightning. Or you may find, you know, a tree that's been all splintered. And if you look inside that tree, you might find a perfectly round stone. Right? And they say that's actually the stone of the Thunder Beings. And that can be the ball that we use in the medicine game. And so that's what I always thought was so interesting how that connects to the Thunder the thunder game too. Or not the Thunder game, but the Thunder Spirits and the game of lacrosse. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot of ways in which we use that. And I really hope that a lot of more young guys and even the guys who's playing lacrosse now, that we start to live better, healthier lives. And also we start to use that game in a, in a much healthier way and not be promoting our young children, you know, to be getting angry, and to be playing that game with violence and to be and to be seeking um, violence or seeking to hurt somebody in that game. Um, because I see that a lot of the young children now are getting like that too, where they're just playing the game because they want to hit somebody or they want to hurt someone. That's not really how we're supposed to play. 
Um, how do you think we can get back to our original teachings with lacrosse? How can we do that today? I think that a lot of more, I think the real, um, the thing that's going to help the most is getting more influential people to share these kind of teachings and to share and to be examples, not just to talk about it, but to actually be examples of a healthy way of living and a healthy way of connecting to that game of lacrosse. So I know the biggest thing right now, right, is the Thompson brothers, because everybody knows who the Thompson brothers are and they're doing amazing work as far as promoting a healthier style of lacrosse, um, not just for our people, but really the globe, right? And they're mm -hmm. really making it a global thing now where more and more people are getting interested in the game. Um, so that's kind of like an avenue that we can take, but I really wish more of those kind of people because we have a lot of lacrosse stars in our communities. We have a lot of coaches. We have a lot of past legends. We have a lot of people that have played the game and, and maybe could be examples of, you know, healthy lifestyles because, um, there could be a lot of unhealthy lifestyles too associated with those lacrosse players and, and the game itself because, um, because of the, the fame or the glory that we see through that, right? So mm -hmm. um, I think that's a real good way because they're role models to us, right? They're role models to our children. And, and to see them making changes and living healthier lives and promoting that kind of lifestyle, I think that would have the biggest impact because, you know, we always look to those ones, right, that are, that, that are you know, in the limelight or that are stars, um, you know, stars in the, of the game. So... I really hope that we, we can create something like that where they're, they're starting to promote a more healthier way of living and a more healthier way of playing lacrosse. And also, and also um, probably teach them these, these teachings that we have, the stories that you've just told us, you know, they need to know yeah, that, absolutely, that cause, foundation. Yeah. Maybe a lot of them were never taught that too. Right. So mm -hmm. it's not, I don't, I don't really think it's anyone's fault. It's just the reality of, of what we've been through as far as colonization and, and, you know, having a lot, having our culture stripped from us. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say now we have this connection to lacrosse and to the game, but it's, it's a more European style of game now, right? Yeah. It's not really our game anymore that mm -hmm. we're playing. So we still have a connection there, but we just have to replace it with a more, Native or Aboriginal or Gohoi Indigenous style of game again, Hodenoshoni style of game. Yeah, and that's what I want to see again start to happen. And maybe that means just to have discussions in our communities. Maybe that means to have a weekly game. I remember when I was young, and I was still in high school, we used to play with some of the chiefs here in our community. Mm -hmm. The chiefs who would come out and we'd play in the yard, like we'd mm -hmm. play a, a yard game. Mm -hmm. And through that, you know, we got to. Learn, like learn respect for our elders mm -hmm. um we got to have fun we got to experience the game and we also got to exercise and we got to um you know just have fun it wasn't for any reason we just played like a pickup game mm -hmm. but it was amazing to see like these older guys um who could still move who could who still enjoyed the game who still just wanted to teach and then you know after the game we'd, we'd have discussions and we talk and it was just a really positive thing. So things like that where it's not really about, you know, making it to the pros. It's not really about, um, you know, going to practice every single week. Maybe just have a fun thing every week where, you know, you bring in some players to do teachings and, and you let kids play and everyone gets to enjoy the game. Yeah. Um, I think that's ways that we can reconnect to that too. And do you think we need to bring back the wooden stick? 
Or has the, that, has the wooden stick a, even gone anywhere? I don't really think it's gone anywhere. So I think that there's a lot of communities. Um, I know in Six Nations, they have um, handfuls of, of guys who still make lacrosse sticks. I know here in Akwazasna, there's probably three or four I know off the top of my head, and there's probably more who still make lacrosse sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really think it's gone. I just think that it's, again, it kind of goes back to the style of game that we're playing, right? Mm-hmm. So with a lighter stick um, and with a stronger mesh and all that kind of stuff, you can kind of do a lot more with it. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, and also because a lot of the leagues nowadays, they don't allow wooden sticks because they, they say they say it's more damaging, it's mm-hmm. more violent, or it's, it's more, it, it causes more damage in a game when you're using it. Mm-hmm. But that's only, again, that's only if you're using it in a wrong way, because there is a right way to use a wooden stick, and it's not meant for slashing or hurting anyone. That wooden stick has a spirit and has a life to it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that goes back to our teachers, too. And I think if we had more um, education around the creating of a lacrosse stick or workshops on how to create sticks, then kids could really connect to that and say, well, I made my own lacrosse stick, right? Mm-hmm. And that way, they would have that connection and they would have that appreciation for it. And so I know in the old days, um, where I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club, I had asked that, I had asked a few lacrosse stick makers here if they would come and, you know, do a presentation on, you know, making of lacrosse sticks or if we could go see their operation. And they were really apprehensive to it. And maybe it was because it's like competition, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like... I want to make the best of sticks, so I'm not going to give out my secrets or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was a really hard thing to get anyone to kind of, you know, share that with the youth and share that with the children. So, and it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to just go to the store and buy a, buy a plastic stick. Yeah. And it doesn't take as much time and there's not as much commitment. But again, all of that commitment and all of that time and all the effort and all the appreciation that we put into our sticks or put into our game that's going to benefit us in our lives too yeah. because now we become committed people, right? Now we become, now we become disciplined people. Now we become people who complete things and who finish things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what really is a promotion about, you know, our, our sticks themselves and the making of our sticks. And so do um, in our, in our culture, do ba- babies get their stick when they're born, Right. Can you talk a bit about yeah, that? Yeah, so yeah, so um, when when babies uh, are brought up again um, or are born for the first time, they would be given a very small acrostic, the boys. And the reason why they're given that acrostic, one reason is like I talk about the um, the connection to the thunder spirits. Mm-hmm. That's actually a protection for that baby against anything that's negative or dark. Or even like the the dark spiritual side that may try to affect that child so that they you know they won't they won't want to live a spiritual life, especially if they're a gifted child. So that's kind of like becomes a protection for them too. But also that is their connection to that game, and so they already get used to holding that stick. They already get used to the feeling of it, the feeling of the wood, um, the feeling of the weight of it, and they always get used to having having the stick like that in their hands. And so that become their connection right from birth of, you know, playing that game and the medicine that it's going to create. Mm-hmm. And, but I find it kind of ironic how 
you know, we do that. We're, we're supposed to do that for our children. But then when they actually start playing lacrosse, then usually we give them a plastic stick mm-hmm. instead of the one that they were born with. Mm-hmm. So I feel there's kind of a disconnection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's probably because of a lack of knowledge or lack of understanding or lack of learning. Um, but I think there's a lot of communities still who are using those sticks and promoting it. And um, I know there was a story, too, of there was a young man coming out of Six Nations Reserve, and he was looking to go play college lacrosse or even professional. And this young man, he had only ever used a wooden stick in his whole life. He had never used a plastic stick. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if he ever went to college, but that was a big thing is that they weren't going to allow him to use his traditional stick in in college or in, in professional lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was kind of like terrible because that he lived his whole life with that. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's the only thing he's ever used. So, um, again, it's like, we're playing that, we're playing that colonized style of lacrosse and they put all their rules that way, you know, to, to promote their style of play. And it takes away from ours. Yeah. Can you just, um, talk a little bit about, um, from the cultural perspective, women and lacrosse. So um, there's a lot of controversy about that in, in women in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And I've heard so many things in my life about um, way back when I was when I was young about how lacrosse can damage a woman's body. Um, it can damage her her uterus or it can it can prevent her from having children later on in life. I've heard all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe the true. The true reason why that was so big in our culture is during a time when people, when we were being very bad to each other in our history and people were using a lot of bad medicines against each other, one of the things that was being done was women were being used to affect men's men's medicine Mm -hmm. and were being used in a way that was... um, to, to bother them or to distract them in this game, right? So if you had a big game coming up, you would use the women or the women's medicine to take the power away from the other team. And that was just a part of our history where it's not saying that women are bad or women's bodies are bad, but it was being used in a bad way at that time. Mm-hmm. So from there, it kind of started getting promoted that women should never touch lacrosse sticks. It was getting promoted that women should never touch like uh, men's medicine or drums or rattles or, or even touch food or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe, me personally, this is only me personally, mm-hmm. I really don't believe there is anything wrong with a woman's body or a woman's medicine or anything to do with women. I just believe it was being used in a bad way at that time. And in order to put a stop to that, you had to put a stop to all of it. Like you couldn't, there was no line right between good and bad medicine at that time. Mm-hmm. So a big part of that was the lacrosse sticks. And Going way back into our history, I used to always hear stories of it was actually the women who netted the sticks. Yeah. So the men, because the men were tied to the forest and tied to the trees and tied to the wood, we would we would shape the sticks, we would bend them and all that stuff. And then the women were the ones who would actually net them because now you had the balance between male and female energies, right? Yeah. And the women are also tied to the waters and tied to the rain which is, again, tied to the thunder side. And then the men are tied to the electricity, to the fire, mm-hmm. and, and to that side. So, again, it brought balance, right, to that game. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, There's there's been a lot of controversy about that over the years. Now, 
Um, I have sisters, I have family members, I have cousins who, who are women who have all played lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And um, there's never really been any side effects or damage that's ever happened. I know, like for women in the teachings, they say, because you have, like in your body, in your uterus, you carry all those seeds and all those eggs of the future, that you have to be very careful with that. And lacrosse can be a very... It can be a very physical game where you might mm-hmm. get hurt, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of where that comes from, but there's never really been any backup evidence behind that. But like I said in our teachings, you have to kind of you have to kind of read between the lines of our teachings too and say, okay, well, this is why this was said back then. And if we're if we're if we're committed to a healthier way of living, then then that can create a, a more medicine, right? That can create a, a, a better way of opportunities for, you know, for more people to enjoy this game of lacrosse. Mm. Now, even I heard there were times when the actual medicine game called for men and women or boys against girls. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that before. Mm-hmm. And that's not really promoted either. And so, like I said, everybody has their own set of teachings. Everyone believes a little different. That's just the way I believe. Yeah. Um, as far as as far as playing the game, um, I just think it, regardless of whether it's going to be men or women, you have to have those teachings about um, you know the discipline and about the the use of a good mind in that game, regardless of who is playing that or not. Yeah. But it is it is still a controversial thing for the Haudenosaunee of whether whether women should be allowed to play or not. And I know it's it's a really, really hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the way I see it. And I can understand why it had to be promoted that way because they really had to put a stop to the use of uh, the bad medicine in mm-hmm. the old days. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, it's our responsibility to constantly look at those teachings and say, okay, does this still mm-hmm. apply today? We need to we need to deliberate on that and we need to really have a conversation about it and not just shut it down right away. Yeah. Like we really need to have a a serious discussion and say, can this be something that happens or, or, you know, should, should we not allow women to play? Not based on what happened in the past, but based on today, like what's happening today. So that's what I think that uh, we kind of, we kind of like, uh, we kind of dropped the ball on that part. And if anything, we're an adaptable people. So why can't we adapt to um, lacrosse? <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least have the discussion, right? Yeah, like I'm not di- saying that. Like me, me by myself, I'm not going to say that. Yes, well, girls can play the class, or no, girls can't play the class. Mm-hmm. But let's at least have a discussion about it. Like let's let's really like talk this out, and let's really come up with you know what's going to be best for our people because yeah. maybe it would be better if they were allowed to. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I'm saying they don't because. It seems as if women are doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, where does that leave us? Like, we're yeah. we're gonna keep dismissing it, or we're gonna keep um, like putting it down, but it's still happening. So now, yeah. what are we gonna do? Like, yeah, we we should be an adaptive people, and and we're also a really smart thinking people too, mm-hmm. and we can come up with solutions. So, For yeah, sure. exactly. We need to just have that conversation about For it. Sure. Wow, I could talk another hour or so about lacrosse. <laughs> But um, I just want to say for joining us today and teaching us mm-hmm. so much about that we that we don't hear every day about the game of lacrosse. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really I really I really appreciate having this opportunity to talk about it. I know like through my classes and, and through the certain things that I do, I, I have different, you know, opportunities to share, but I really 
they always enjoy another chance to uh, yeah. to share with our communities and our people and just open that dialogue about what lacrosse really should be. Yeah. Okay, I want to say nyawe and onigiwahi. Nyawe, thank you for listening to this episode of the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast, which has been produced by Aboriginal Legal Services and hosted by me, Lisa Venevery. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. This has been the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word Donate, located at the top of the homepage of our newly updated website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services Toronto, Canada. This has been the Yohate Negasuna, The Road to Your Name podcast series. Yeah.